0: We we
1: got a special podcast tonight, I I think, or today, or whatever the hell you listen to. It It doesn't really matter to me, but um, Keyshawn Johnson, just throw me the damn ball. Remember that from his Mm -hmm. rookie season with the Jets, with Shelly Smith? That kind of set the tone (laughs) for the playmaker there, but uh, played in Tampa Bay, Super Bowl champion, came here, won it in 2002, big part of that team, obviously, and then a couple years later... Uh, summarily uh, made inactive by John Gruden after some well-publicized uh, spats that those two had, and eventually traded to the Dallas Cowboys, I think for Joey Galloway, if, I'm, if memory serves me right. Um, but I've known Keyshawn, obviously, since he got here. I want to say it was probably back around 2000 or so. Of course, now you see him on television everywhere. He's He was with DSPN for a lot of years um, on uh, Sunday, mor- Sunday morning countdown or whatever that show was—the countdown show mm-hmm. uh, with eh, Chris Berman and all those guys. Now it's a different crew, obviously. And now he's with Fox Sports, right? Uh, was it Undisputed? Is that what they
0: call it now? Yes. Yeah. With is Skip, so, has anyone found Skip Bayless since uh <laughs> oh God. Sunday's loss?
1: Last thing I saw was Skip on Twitter in a very feeble attempt of. Of trying to figure out how the garbage can works while he's throwing away old jerseys, you know, into them and uh, violently so. So I think the garbage can won, but uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what Skip it. And I, and I didn't get to see Stephen A. the day after the Cowboys lost. Because, oh, he was reveling in it. From oh, he's he just you
0: know. In fact, I think he was doing that halftime on Twitter. Or <laughs> yeah, on social I think so. media. <laughs>
1: I think so. He starts the the laugh is just too too. And his his thing is like because he's he's met with Jerry Jones and he, mm-hmm. he says they have a good relationship. But it's to him it's more about the the cowboy fans, mm-hmm. you know. And we can talk about the cowboys because Steve Young had some interesting things to say about them on Dan Patrick that that I watched that I agree with. Well, Jerry Jones's
0: theory has always been as long as you're talking about the cowboys, I don't care you love us or hate us, as long as you talk about us.
1: Uh, that's right. That's right. That's 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 the show business motto and. Jerry's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a carnival barker himself, and that's why we got to figure out if if he's going to end up with a new head coach and stick with Mike McCarthy or go for Bill Belichick, who by the way interviewed in Atlanta. So you might see the hoodie in the NFC South. Could you imagine that? So now he's
0: yeah, the hoodie and uh, Harbaugh interviewed in Atlanta too,
1: and Jim Harbaugh has interviewed in Atlanta, and I and that's called and it's smart leverage. <laughs> Whether it's going back to Michigan. Whether it's the Chargers versus Atlanta, Atlanta versus Michigan and the Chargers. Like, hey, man, the more options you have, you know, and well, why not take a look at everything?
0: Apparently, according to reports, that Harbaugh's deal at Michigan, if he decides to stay, the money is yeah, settled. It is settled. It's going to be six years, like at 11 and a half mil or something a year. But he wants some immunity, basically, from NCAA charges. And, How do you get that? In well, other words, you get paid it, even if they suspend can't, you. Can't be fired, uh, or what's happened in the past, and some other things like that. And I got you doesn't want the athletic department to determine if, if there's a fireable offense. It's a uh, arbitration yeah. panel, things like that. Apparently, that's what I was reported you. on Tuesday. So,
1: but I mean, you get total immunity from things you don't, don't even don't, know you're going to be charged with. That's what's tough. Like, what if something else tumbles out of the closet? I think it was you know? based
0: on past things that have already been investigated. It's you know oh, they you. can't fire him for whatever the NCAA decides on the sign the stuff, stealing the, the sign stealing or the, the recruiting violation mm-hmm. that they that it was spent early in the year for I I, gotcha. I believe it you know it can't be fired for that It's not saying if you you know sign the contract the next day go out and have more violations that you're immune But it, a lot of it's the past stuff Gotcha But we'll see I mean it's you know he still has to decide he wants to stay there.
1: Well as Mark McGuire said, when well, I'm not here to talk about the past, so uh I'm we'll talk about his future. Though. I I really think he's headed to to the NFL. Everything everything seems that way, although Michigan has done such a good job of keeping him and I think he's happy there. But um I don't know, there was an interview and I don't know who he was on with. John Harbaugh was on somebody's show. Uh, and they were asking him, I think it was the Adam Schefter podcast. Yeah, that's what it was. And it makes sense, right? Because Schefter is mm-hmm. close with Donald Yee, who represents Jim Harbaugh. And Don Yee is the one
0: who's negotiating with Michigan as well.
1: Right, because he's representing that's, Jim yeah. Harbaugh. So John Harbaugh, you know, talking, Could you make your wishes with you? John Harbaugh, what do you think your brother Jim would do if he has a chance to decide to go to the NFL or stay in Michigan? And he didn't answer the question, but he did say, you know, here's what I think. He's one of the greatest team builders that's around in football, period. Like, this dude knows how to structure a team, how to build a team, how to win, you know. And and, and you see that at Michigan. And it may have taken a little longer than, than he wanted or other people liked because they, they lost to Ohio State five times. Um, but, man, when he finally figured it out, coaches, players, style, you know, um, it's impressive. And that's why they won the national championship. Mm-hmm. He did it with the Forty ers I mean, that team went to three straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl, where he lost to his brother uh, in a in a pretty pretty close game with Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick as his quarterback. Um, so he he's a winner. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And and any team would be lucky to have him, college or pro. Michigan does have him. I still think possession being nine tenths of the law they're still in sort of the catbird seat but obviously if he wants to jump he can jump and and i don't think for him i don't know you know if the if the money is already settled at michigan and maybe there's some terms like you said about you know sort of um immunity from from you know past discretions that they've already talked about or something like that that could be a big part of this obviously because he wants to coach you don't want to you know, not to be checking into you know the Marriott and name the name the city that uh, that Michigan is playing that weekend and and watching them from from the TV, um, but if it's if it's bigger than that than just running from the law so to speak, um, this would be the time to do it you know, and so I I it just feels to me he talked with Minnesota last year they said that he was very close to wanting to go there they Minnesota did not choose him. They went a different direction, and so he went back to Michigan. This time it feels like somebody's going to hire him, and um, I, I think it's going to be the Chargers. I heard, I, I can't tell you from who, but it was somebody in the NFL that I really respect that has had ties for years and years anyway, told me whenever they played Buffalo, what was that, back in October, November, maybe early November somewhere there, um, just the name Harbaugh came up and he looked at me and he goes he goes Chargers. I went, What? <laughs> he goes, he'll be the Chargers coach. And it was so matter-of-factly that I almost thought, like, are you guessing here? Or are you really like and sure enough, you know, they're obviously one of the main suitors, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, back to the Bucks, real quickly here. Um I did mention, well, first I, I did mention that Keyshawn Johnson's gonna join us. He has a new podcast. By the way, that's that was really we kind of buried the lead there. But that's that's who we're going to talk to next. I, I have a really interesting relationship with Keyshawn, having covered him when he first got here. I went out to Calabasas, where he lives in in, uh, in greater Southern California, there, Los Angeles, and spent about three days. He had a he had a golf tournament and went to his home a couple of times. Uh, a lot of misperceptions about him always was, you know, and in most of it originated from the book he wrote as a rookie, or Shelley Smith wrote about, you know, just throw me the damn ball and things like that. You know, if if you look up Diva and you go, oh, Diva receiver, yeah, Keyshawn. He was known as Michon and all this sort of stuff. That, that reputation was probably earned a little bit, but not in the sense that he just wanted numbers because he had numbers. He was going to be good anyway. Um, he wanted to win, and I think what was missed about him is just what a competitor he was. Um, but one of the, you know, I think he's the last receiver, Steve, to go number one overall. Pretty sure of that. Um, and could that change you know, this year? It could. I mean, well, probably not. I mean, I think Caleb Williams. I mean, one well, of the, the Bears have the go. number
0: one pick, and they have Justin Fields. Well, now. if they
1: kept Fields, but when you trade that, even if you're thinking that somebody's going to come to one or even two to get the quarterback, I would think you would. But you, you could. still get Marvin Harrison Jr., who you're talking about. I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yes. Yeah. And Marvin's worthy of it. I mean, no kidding. Like, when we get to the end of his career and at the end of these two quarterbacks' career, Marvin Harrison may be standing up there like, well, Marvin Harrison. <laughs> you know, he might just be as good as his father or even better. So, uh, But it's been a long time, and Keyshawn Johnson was that guy, right? And he was a winner. Um, there, he won with Parcells in New York, and then, of course, he came to Tampa Bay, and, and he came here under Tony Dungy uh but then John Gruden came in really quickly and they won a Super Bowl and it was him and Keenan McCardell were the main receivers Joe Jurevicius had to had to share the ball one year uh early on uh Sean King I think threw him over 100 hundred hundred catches he had uh for the Bucks and um didn't have many touchdowns but a lot of catches that year so he was a great player and and he was a good friend I I got he's one of the guys that I got to know after his playing days as well and um you know, got to know his family and stuff like that. So he's going to join us and talk about his podcast and, and, uh, something that he's been wanting to do even it was at ESPN. Now he's with FS one and, and that, that thing launched, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and you can pick that up wherever podcasts are heard. So we'll talk about Keyshawn Johnson. It was, it was a weird split at the end, just final story on him uh, from my standpoint. So, uh, after they win a Super Bowl, two thousand and I want to say four, right? Uh, three or four, I think it was. I think it was two years after. I think it was oh four. But regardless, Keyshawn fell out of favor with with Gruden, and and I understood where Keyshawn was coming from too. He he wasn't getting the ball very often. They weren't they weren't really calling a lot of plays. And sometimes it's up to the play caller to get your receiver going, even if he's double covered, like. Mike Evans has been double-covered pretty much his whole career. But you know what? You still can't just leave him over there and say, well, there's two guys, so we're going to look somewhere else. Like you have, It's the play caller's responsibility to get him going and get him going early. Don't get him bored. Don't burn him out running routes. That no one's, you know, his decoys and stuff. So it's on the play caller. And there just came a time where Keyshawn wasn't seeing many targets, and, and it kind of boiled over in San Francisco at a game where he had had a, a catch streak from his rookie season. Now he's probably in about his eighth or ninth season at this point. And, um, he had not had a catch against San Francisco. And so it got to be sort of late in the game and the bucks were going to get destroyed. And and the game was pretty much over at that point. And so Keyshawn was on the sideline and I think Gruden just kind of came up to him and said, uh, you to put you in and get you a catch. And, and Keyshawn was like, no, that's not what I'm about. You know, like, no, I'm not going in there to get a catch. For what? You know, you had all you had all day to get me going. You know, I don't care about no streak. And then the team flew home. He says he had asked for permission and had been granted permission to stay because he was going to go down to his home in Calabasas. His kids had some teachers, uh, uh, you know, things scheduled, and he wanted to be part of that, and the Bucks were off the next day. Um, but whatever happened there happened, and eventually... Uh, pretty quickly the Bucks decided, we're just going to make you inactive. Right? I want to say the final four weeks of the regular season, which was very rare those, those days. That was You still got paid and all that stuff. It was like, basically, we want you out of here, and we'll figure out what to do with you next year because he still had money on his contract. He wound up getting traded to the Dallas Cowboys, which was Bill Parcells, and he was one of Parcells' guys. And In return, I want to say that the Bucks got Joey Galloway, so it worked out, um, but... I always enjoyed him. I always thought if people got to know how smart he was, um, you can see it in his business dealings, um, sort of how he how he handles himself, how, you know, how the longevity he's had in broadcasting, which is surprising these days for anybody, and now he's building upon that at FS1. So we'll talk to Keyshawn Johnson here in just a second. I was at One Buck Place, where as I call the Advent Healthcare Training Center, I guess, um, and Todd Bowles got to speak after that, Exciting wild card win on Monday Night Football. We, we we're talking about this before we came on, Steve. It, it is, and I wrote about it in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. You know, the Bucks have begun what could well be their revenge tour, and this team is, as I wrote, sort of remade for the rematch. Because if you look at them, yeah, they won the NFC South, but then they lost to all these playoff teams. Okay. And not for nothing, but one of the early losses came against the Philadelphia Eagles, 25-11 to 11 in week three. Well, guess what? They avenged that loss. And now where do they go? Detroit, a team that also took them down earlier in the season. And they have a chance to go to Detroit this time because Detroit played down here. And guess what? Uh, they could avenge that loss. And if they did somehow get by both Philadelphia and Detroit and the Packers lose on Saturday. And we'll know before they play the game, they'd have a chance to play in the NFC championship game at San Francisco, where they could avenge another loss. And if you just want to have all kinds of fun with it, let's say the, the Buffalo bills wind up winning the AFC. Yeah. They lost to them too. So I'm not sure that's ever happened before. Or you could go with the Texans, either one or, or the Texans would work. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I'm not sure any, a team has climbed through the playoffs and won a Super Bowl against every team they lost to in the regular season. But that would be uh, that would be something. And not surprisingly, uh, maybe that, that this this Philadelphia Eagles team, which was reeling, was facing a totally different Tampa Bay team uh, with different players. You know, we, we talked about that. You know, from Kalijah Jekansi and Yaya Diaby, and you know the use of uh, you know guys like Zion McCallum at safety. And using KJ Britt for the the majority of plays at uh, you know at inside linebacker instead of Devin White, so there, there's a lot of changes. Plus schematically, the six man front just jumping right into it at the start of the game and basically daring J- Jalen Hurts to take shots. They were not they were going to shut down that run, and they did. Uh, and yet they were still able to play coverage too, except for one deep ball to, uh, to Devontae Smith. But overall. A masterful game plan by Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's interesting about it is, and I think Canales had a good plan as well. But you think of Bowles as the head coach, right? And he gets plenty of heat for that. But really, you, for, you almost, I have at least not really paid as much attention because we pay a lot of attention to Canales. But Todd Bowles is the play caller. Like he's actively calling the plays while, while, t- being the head coach. He's got a lot on his plate. And that game plan was aggressive, um, and it was good use of his talent. He knew he was going to force them to throw the ball, so he needed somebody more athletic at safety. And Zion McCallum started as a safety in high school. So, you know, that's, uh, that was just a great plan. And then offensively, they were aggressive. They came out, you know, trying to attack that Eagle secondary, which has been riddled over the last few weeks. And that got them going, and even though they kicked some field goals, um, they were able to get separation there, and it was uh, it was just really, really good job by really by everybody. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. Like the Lions game, this is a different animal in terms of literally in terms of um, just. I I think the Lions are are the most complete team, maybe even more complete than San Francisco. Certainly, they are more physical. Um, they have great players at every level of the defense. They have tremendous uh, wide receivers, running backs, um, tight end. That's really, really good. And their head coach <laughs> is different, right? And so he set a culture there where Dan Campbell's guys they just play so hard. Like there's, they're just they're you know I I know you know this this happens I guess in hockey Steve you would say it's a heavy team right right mm-hmm. like the, those teams are just gonna lean on you all night and and just be physical and you can't move them right and they're not gonna let you skate through the zones and like you just kind of know it's 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 gonna be a, a brawl you know those are hard teams to play sometimes you don't match up well with them
0: no absolutely and that's they just wear you down too mm-hmm. when they do that and yeah. and that's you know that it's when you can wear a team down, you know the teams that do really well in the fourth quarter. It's usually because they are that heavy team. They they're they've been beating you up all day. Um, yeah. Usually it's both your lines, your offense and defensive line that it starts to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know you just become you're worn out by the end, and that's when they start exerting their will. Right. And, and that's still football is still
1: a game of that is still mm-hmm. a, a game of, of of physicality of will um, as much as it is skill, and you got to have. It starts up front, always has. Football, If you, I've always said, you know, you watch the ball, you miss the game um, because it's it's about blocking and tackling. And if the blocking isn't happening, then there's going to be a lot of tackles for loss and things like that. So that's kind of what the Bucks did to the Eagles. They rolled the dice a little bit, put a lot of guys up front, beat up that defensive line or that offensive line. Uh, and then they took their shots, you know, on offense where, um, you know, they were able to get the ball down the field and make lots of runs after the catch. And it was a poor tackling effort by Philadelphia, which you might expect from guys probably already making business decisions. But impressive win nonetheless. nonetheless. And, and so we'll be back. A short week, man. I, ke- I kept thinking this was Monday. I could not get that out of my head. And then here we are tomorrow. Or as you listen to this podcast, maybe today is Wednesday already. And we're into the week now. You know, they'll be traveling out on Saturday, play Sunday at 3 o'clock. The Tampa Bay Lightning, that game did get moved back,
0: Steve. I think it's at 7? Seven. 7 o'clock now. So you, if you're heading to Detroit, you can do the doubleheader, football at 3, hockey that? at 7. So,
1: How about that? Yeah. I read well, uh, something online where the, the Lions ticket to the, is, is the most expensive ticket in history of NFL divisional football play in a secondary market standpoint.
0: It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, they hadn't hosted a playoff game in 30 years that when's the last time they hosted a divisional round game. Right. But, and they had a hell
1: of a lot of fun doing it last week.
0: But I can't I can't believe we're, you know, twenty minutes in this podcast and we haven't talked about how Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers are preparing for the weather in Detroit.
1: Oh man. Are you really gonna go there? <laughs> I have no comment. I don't wanna I don't want to uh um because frankly I don't know who asked the question from a name standpoint and that's on me. Um, but we, you know, there are different faces in the, in the media room at times. And this yes. is what
0: happens in the playoffs is you start getting people.
2: Yeah. Th- that, that aren't there. New, every news organizations
0: day. send people to cover teams that aren't sports reporters. That's and, and, fair. And they don't, they're not around it every day. They don't know the ins and outs. Like you're there every day and have been for many years and many of your other mm. colleagues are in the same at the rays and the lightning and yeah, but then you start getting into playoff time when the interest starts peaking. Yeah. And news stations and directors start sending people that normally don't cover sports to go cover sports. Right. And, it, and a lot of times it shows pretty quickly. <laughs> and that happened today at one pop place. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, Todd was asked basically if his team was prepared for the cold weather in Detroit playing in it. Uh, that was the, the uh, sort of the inference. And, and I don't believe they played outdoors since Tiger Stadium in the 60s. Um, this is two domes ago. That was, of course, in Pontiac you had the Silver Dome. For years and years, they tore that down and they built Ford Field, which is a great building. So Todd, after being a little confused um, by the question, just said, "Well, I, I think we'll be okay going from the bus to the to the fort to the dome. We'll be all right. We'll bundle up, but man, it's cold up there. I did a radio hit in Detroit and it was two degrees, <laughs> I mean, buddy.
0: Did you feel that through it's the phone? Be cold
1: here. You see how cold is cold it's getting here?
0: Yeah, I think what Sunday the low is 35? Yeah, with and with wind and the wind mm-hmm.
1: chill could be even. They you know, you got a wind chill advisory and stuff like whoa, and it's not going to last long because it's Florida and and nothing ever does. But yeah, gonna bundle up down here too. Not just not just up north, but gonna be yeah really cold in Detroit. Not looking forward to freezing. I'm just not a good layers guy. Like you can always take them off, but then you know it's it's a lot, right? And mm-hmm. you can put a big heavy jacket over a chair and all this stuff you know, where, you know, wear heavy boots or snow boots or, you know, then your feet start starts, sw- hey, it's just a lot. I, I don't, I'm not a fan uh, of, uh, of snow unless I'm skiing in it uh, or of ice unless it's in my drink. So those, those two things don't, I don't really mix with, but we're going to be, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I, I heard that. And, and I thought Raymond James was really, really loud too. Um, the other night I thought the fans showed up, showed out, but they say Ford field. After thirty, like there's like a thirty year, let loose, pent up, you know, scream your your lungs out, and apparently, like it was, the building was shaking. Like it, it's it's the it's really loud, like really loud. They're gonna have, communication will be an issue. The Bucks will have to be on it. They're bound to have a couple of false starts and things like this. You can't do it. You know, you just got to try to go out there and, and do the best you can and to be perfect. But that noise will definitely be a factor when the Bucks have the football. All right. Well. We're going to have Keyshawn Johnson coming up here in just one minute to talk about his new podcast, Uh, and that'll be a good discussion. But first, I want to remind you guys that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now, they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, while helping homeowners cut energy costs. With environmentally friendly investment, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Now, May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, your electrical and equipment replacement is covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees, and this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed To be part of its program, May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this reputation. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, this is a great honor for me, a guy that I covered, of course, Super Bowl champion, Keyshawn Johnson, who I haven't talked to in a minute because he's so busy with Undisputed, and now he has a new podcast with his son, uh, and it's called All Facts, No Breaks with Keyshawn Johnson. And Key, it's been a minute, man. We were talking. It's it's like we're both our lives have been kind of you know on different coasts and all of that. I watch you all the time. You're busy as hell. You do great work on TV, and now you've got even uh, something else you're involved with with this new podcast.
2: Yeah, you know, Rick. When I was at ESPN, we we just never got around to it. it. Was in the works and things went in a different direction right around the same time we we're thinking about launching and doing and talking about it and then once mm-hmm. i got over to to fs1 that was a conversation initially that we had about uh you know launching a podcast and and getting my son involved and all those different things and so um charlie Jackson, who is head of programming and everything over at fs1 said you know what you know let's let's make this part of the conversation because i wanted to do it i mean obviously." I think, you know, with being in the audio space and radio and stuff like that, it just made all the sense in the world. You could be, you know, not necessarily uncensored, but your stories are different than they are Mm -hmm. on actual television. They're different than they are on the networks and the cable networks. And so it just gives you another platform to be able to share different opinions and stories about whatever it is that's out there.
1: Yeah, and what, what I've always liked about, even as a player, when, when I covered you, Key, was that, um, you know, a lot of people can break down the X's and O's, and that's a big part of the game, right, all of that stuff. Um, but you played the game, and you see it uh, also from a human standpoint. And I think, you know, just in, in talking about this podcast, there are a lot of narratives. I think, I think everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people in media are kind of victim of groupthink, right? This guy's good. This guy's bad. This guy, you know, can't can't do this. But you see the game different, and you're you're able to explain what it's like to be, a, you know, to be on those teams, uh, and and you're being asked to do something. And I don't think people always understand that perspective that you bring.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is a little bit different. You'd be able, to, you know, like undisputed is great. It's a great platform. I love doing it. Sure, but it's it's a it's different. Our content mm-hmm. different than let's say a podcast. Uh, yeah, you know when you're able to have an in depth conversation with certain guests and talk mm-hmm. about certain things outside of sports or even sports or certain things and breaking it down because your right. topics on undisputed are going to be a little bit different than they are on a podcast and it just sure makes, it makes all the sense in the world to be able to do it. Now there's a million different podcasts out there, right? You say well, what what differentiates the difference between yours and somebody else's? Well, number one is me. Okay, that's, that's the bottom right. line. Because there ain't nobody <laughs> like me in the industry, period. Bar nuts. That's, that's number right. one to start with. I mean that's just the reality of it. And then yeah. now you can be able to talk ball or talk about whatever without feeling like, oh my God, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, I can't do this, I can't do that. And that's mm-hmm. why I love it.
1: Yeah, that that's the no breaks part, right? Um yes. and, and you you, so. Have, so many, and, and you look, have so many we're
2: not we're not trying to we're not trying to be shock jocks. That's not, that's not, no, you know, I no. tell people, I tell people say, man, I'm already famous. Okay. I can't go <laughs> places without people taking pictures and wanting autographs and nowhere. Yeah. Like literally, I can't have a private moment at all. So I'm not trying to be internet famous. I'm just, that's not where I'm at. Where there are people that got podcasts that's looking to have somebody come on and say something outlandish so they can now run it everywhere and everybody can tune in. That ain't me. I'm just gonna talk like I would normally talk to you twenty years ago when you covered me. It's just yeah. what it is. This is truly what it is and how I feel and what I believe.
1: That's yeah, straight talking. And, and of course you're so connected in the sports world and, and and so many stars out there in in LA. I'm curious if, if and your show will, this podcast will go hopefully for a long time. Are there some people that that uh that you've encountered that you'd like to have on this format? Um, that, that would you, you think would, would make for you know, good conversation. I know there's a ton of them, but like, who are some of the, the athletes or the people in sports or maybe outside of sports that, that uh, you'd like to have conversations with on this platform?
2: You know, Rick, you, you mentioned I have – I know a lot of people. I've been around for a long time in L.A., New York, you know, Tampa, or Carolina. You just name it. I, I, I do have –
1: Dallas, a pretty
2: yeah. Pretty uh, – yeah, Dallas. I do have an extensive Rolodex. And it's so funny, my longtime manager, Jerome, we were having this conversation yesterday about the amount of people that I know or I've come into <laughs> contact with throughout the years. It just yeah. is mind-boggling to come to think of it, whether it was presidents of the United States or owners of teams, yeah. in, in many in between. So yeah. as I go with my talent bookers and I start to break the, the, the things down and the people that we want to, I'm trying to reach everybody. Uh, yeah. I'm not just looking to go because somebody has a movie out, all of a sudden put them on my podcast. No, right. in, they're not interested, and they're not interested in, and they don't know anything about sports, I don't want them on just to have them on just so that people can click. And you say, well, what's the objective? The objective is to be able to give viewership and listeners. Well, to some people it is. Again, I'm already a star. I'm not looking to be a star. So I'm just looking to give somebody some realness when they have an opportunity to listen to the podcast. That's what I'm looking to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you spend a lot of time, obviously, this time of year, talking about the NFL, and we're into the postseason. And we've already seen uh, two teams that you're very familiar with, and the Philadelphia Eagles have started 10-1. and uh, The Dallas Cowboys, who you played for, you know that dynamic with Jerry Jones, and I really believe, and, you know, he's, he's 81 years old, Key. Um, and, you know, when, when's he going to get that Super Bowl? Um, and there's some, some high-name coaches, some big-name coaches out there that are available, uh, just what's your thoughts on what happened to the Cowboys and, and where you think people that you know, like Bill Belichick and them, may land?
2: You know, I I, I don't know about Bill and what he may or may not do. Um, the Cowboys certainly are looking to get to a Super Bowl or pass the divisional wild-card rounds in the playoffs. Is Mike McCarthy the right guy for the job? That, that's not for me to make that decision to decide. Because if I would have made the decision to decide, I would have fired him a long time ago. This is more about, this is more about does Jerry think he's the right guy? Jerry's getting there up a little bit in age, and you certainly Mm -hmm. would like to see the Cowboys win a championship at some point in time, but there is no guarantee that that's going to happen, no matter who the coach is. Um, You know, should he take a long look at the coaching now that potentially Dan Quinn could be gone? Probably, because if Dan Quinn is gone from the defensive side, that means you got to bring a new BC in. And if yeah. you don't think Mike McCarthy is the right guy to lead the charge, probably don't want to do it.
1: Yeah. That's a good point, and and on the other side, Philadelphia, which came to Tampa Bay and and weren't really that competitive. They had scored only nine points. Um, they had lost, you know, six out of seven to finish the year. Key, you were on a team, and I covered it. They won a Super Bowl. Philadelphia did not win it. They went to it, could have won it, uh, and then the next year is tough. Um, even though even though they got off to a really good start at ten and one, they made some changes on the coaching staff with Matt Patricia. From afar, key it looked like a team that guys didn't trust everybody on that staff, or or maybe you know certain guys thought that it be, should be a bigger part of something. I mean, you've you've been down that road with teams and coaches. Um, just what did you make of of the collapse there of the Eagles?
2: I, I was shocked that it collapsed, but you could see it was a, it was somewhat of a crack in the foundation all the way throughout the year when they were 10 and one, they were winning games barely and mistakes were being made. And then all of a sudden you lose six or seven. It's like, uh Oh, this isn't, Mm -hmm. this doesn't look good. You know, down the stretch, they just, it just didn't look good. Jalen Hurts looked like he was hampered up. Then he had a finger issue, but something was wrong with his knee. AJ Brown missed time. It just didn't look like the same team that they did a year ago. Um, You know, they were older on the front line both offensively and defensively, it just it just looked like a hot mess. You change defensive coordinators in the middle of the year, something I've never seen before. I've seen mm-hmm. fire people, but now yeah. take a guy, demote him, and move him upstairs while the other guy who hadn't had any success outside of hanging around Bill Belichick, you make it your D.C. Mm-hmm. Made no sense to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably didn't make sense to the guys in that locker room, and I'm sure – they had a lot of discussions about that. Um, and, and then just to wrap up the, the football talk for now, uh, I, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on a Tampa Bay team that lost Tom Brady after three years, had to kind of rebuild on the fly, bringing a Baker Mayfield, his fourth team in 15 months. And, you know, they got hot at the right time, and Todd Bowles, people wanted him out of here, and here they are going to play a divisional championship, which I I think they've kind of overachieved. I don't know.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe they overachieved, and maybe people just thought they weren't very good and miss, miss, look you know uh, looked at the situation differently because they weren't winning on record yeah. pace. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody feels like you got to win twelve games to be successful in the league. Well, all you got to do is get in the tournament, and when you yeah. get into the tournament, mm-hmm. anything could happen. As you know, we won a championship. We're a good football team. There's no question about it. But it wasn't like we was just running shop on everybody that year. No. To you know, we we lost some games. We was like, oh my God, did we just lose mm-hmm. them? You know, and so I could see where with Baker Mayfield at the quarterback spot, you look up man Tampa Bay. <laughs> I I don't everybody assume it's San Francisco. Everybody gonna assume it's San Francisco in the in the Super Bowl or NFC championship, but you just never know how this thing goes. Or, a right. uh, 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 bad tackle here, or missed tackle there, or interception here, there. And you look up, and Tampa Bay will be in the NFC Championship
1: game. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. They they obviously would have to beat a very good Detroit team in Detroit, and then we'll see what happens between Green Bay and San Francisco. A Possibility of Green Bay, the hot team, they went out there and upset San Francisco. Tampa Bay could host the championship game. That's just the way the playoffs are. I know your son a little bit. I met him when he was a about as high as a coffee table. Uh, back in the day, he's a grown man now, but he's also kind of involved uh, in this endeavor with you, with all facts and no breaks, with Keyshawn Johnson. So, how's he doing?
2: He's doing good. You know, he went to school to play football in college, and then he didn't want to play anymore. Which I'm okay with that. I'm with no pressure for him to play football. He got right. a scholarship and, and and decide. You know what? I, I don't I don't want to play anymore. I would rather smoke weed and hang out. So, okay, that's what you want to do. No big deal. I get it. It's legalized. This is the world that we live in. You rather do that work, get your degree, graduate. As long as you take care of business, you're fine. And so as I started this process of different things that I've done in my career and working businesses or whatever the case is, I told Mm -hmm. him, I said, you know, you like sports. You know enough about sports. You know enough about the gaming business, all of those sort of things. When and if I do start this podcast, you're going to come on board. You're going to get a check. And that's what it's going to be. And you're going to come to work on time every single day. And you're going to work just like everybody else. Because in the end, let's face it, many of us, not necessarily us, but many people in the world, their kids, basically, they set the foundation for them to prosper, live. You know, people, oh, what did you go to school for? I had a buddy. He said, well, yeah, he's going to school for dentistry. I told my buddy, I said, you know he's going to be working for you in three years. (laughs) Who's <laughs> was working for him because that's just the reality. I got another buddy, one of my good buddies, Jeff Schwartz, and, and his kid, they all start their business. They all work for their dad. When yep. they went to school to do other things and try to get other jobs in other fields, it, and the easiest thing is is I'm going to hire my own people. That's why I said if I owned the team, everybody would be working there, in my family, everybody. Everybody got a job, and that's the way I looked at it with my son. I got the opportunity. I'm going to open up the door. And you can call it nepotism, you can call it whatever you want to. I'm a proud father and I'm putting my son on.
1: Uh he's he's a good kid and he knows he knows football. Obviously he knows sports and, and uh But he's
2: good though, Rick. That's the difference. Some yeah. people are not good. Right. He's actually right. good.
1: Makes a difference. And and you wouldn't have anybody around you that wasn't, and I know that about you because you've been successful at absolutely everything you've done. It's been Key, it's been amazing watching your career, all the things you've done uh, since football uh, in the community, also uh, on television with ESPN, now Undisputed on Fox. And now it's uh, Undisputed presenting all facts, no breaks with Keyshawn Johnson. It debuted today, and you can get it on all the major podcast distribution platforms, including Apple, Spotify, YouTube, as well as Fox Sports Digital and all the social media platforms. Key, it's great to catch up with you. Let's uh, Let's do it again, man. I'll
2: give you a shout.
0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: You you get a sense of just how honest this dude is. Like, he'll say what's on his mind, doesn't care. (laughs) It's awesome, man. It's going to be a refreshing podcast to listen to. Uh, I would highly recommend it, and I'm going to go by uh, start by listening to Tuesday's version. Should be really fun. All right, so we have not done a, a mailbag for some time. Um, I've got a bunch of uh, of questions that have been, been on my timeline in uh, in Twitter, etc. So uh, you can also send us more uh, at any time. You can do that on Twitter at SportsDayTV. Uh, or you can uh, reach me online. Uh, or my Twitter address is at NFL Stroud. You can reach my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. So any of those things will work. Send us your questions. We'll get to some mailbag tomorrow night we haven't done it for a while so lots of stuff on todd bowls and the bucks and um yeah just you know anything lightning rays whatever you got it's gonna be baseball season before you know it man that's that's also seems like it's fast fast approaching bunch of bunch of race i think we're
0: less than a month from pitchers and catchers
1: is that right yeah i see a bunch of race players at the uh at the football game the other night and not for nothing aaron judge
0: yeah i think uh race fan fest is a month from today i believe so that's crazy, man. That is crazy. That is wild. That
1: was dope. I don't believe it, man. Uh, the Rays, it's it's going to be a, an interesting season, as it always is for them. Of course, Wander Franco, not there. What's going to happen with his contract? Uh, they, they did trade for a shortstop. So, team could look different, certainly, at the beginning of the year, uh, at the very least. So, we'll talk all about that uh, when we get to it. But in the meantime, I'll be out at One Buck Place, have a chance to talk to Baker Mayfield. Um, and uh some other fine folks uh that'll get ready for the playoffs against the Detroit Lions. Last time they played the Lions in a playoff game, some of you guys will remember this. It broke an 18-year playoff home drought, home game drought for the Buccaneers. It was in 1997. Tony Dungy and his new Buccaneer team hosted the Detroit Lions with Barry Sanders and others. And they won the game at the old eh the old Sombrero, uh, which was then Houlihan Stadium, twenty to ten. And I can remember it had been so long since the Bucks had been in a playoff, much less won one. They had fireworks after the game. The game was over. You see these massive fireworks going off, and I'm standing next to Paul Gruber, who had been a Buccaneer for about seven, eight years. Never made a Pro Bowl. Should have. Should have made about five of them, actually. Because the team was so bad, nobody nobody cared, and you just stood there like a little kid, just marveling at these fireworks going off all over the place um, at the stadium. It was really cool, and uh, that's how. And you know, the Lions have waited just about that long too. I mean, you forget you know, they've not been in the postseason for some time as well, and it hasn't won a postseason game until the other night in a very long time. So that should be a great battle. We'll get into more of that as the week goes on. Thanks for listening, for Steve burstick I'm of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.